I'm going on a trip. Hey everyone, this is Chris. This is the Dad Raging Podcast. I'm going on a trip. I'm going to Thursday Island for a week. I can't wait to tell everyone all about it when I get back. But in the meantime, I've got Simon and Pete here. We're going to talk about cleaning contracts, fussy eaters, and of course what's on your playlist. All the music listening to is by Dora Jackson. Please support her. We love her. Um, Hit her up on all your social media and Spotify and listen. And she's got a new track coming on March the 6th. Let's go. Um, don't you love it when the internet's divided? <laughs> Is it ever not? Well, yeah. It seems to be more and more divided these days. Um, I read this article. I put it on our um, on our chat about a mum who gave her three kids a cleaning contract because she was fed up with uh, the mess that they were leaving behind and all sorts of uh, pretty gross stuff like um, the obvious stuff like dirty clothes and not making their beds. But she yeah. was finding... Um, used plates in the back of the wardrobe and yeah. um, you can imagine the types of um, you know, socks and things that were also well, uh, found with, with um, boys and um, <laughs> milk bottles and, you know, like off milk bottles, you know, yeah. so rubbish. Used, used chopping board was one of them. One used of the chopping board, yeah. So these bizarre, dirty, filthy things. So she's, um, I, I think she's a cleaner by trade. So she's come up with this cleaning contract. She's charging them 10 bucks a pop for a breach of the contract. Um, I think the youngest um, is getting loses her phone, phone privileges or something. or something like that as as part of it. Um, the the boys have jobs, um, and this has divided the internet because some people think that she's being far too harsh, um, and other people think that it's it's awesome. She's establishing um, values for for her kids as they grow up and and stuff like that. The thing that I I had to read this twice. Because I read through it and went, well, that seems pretty reasonable. Like, yeah, some kind of cleaning contract, an agreement. Um, you you might disagree with some of the um, things that are on the contract, perhaps. But the thing that caught my eye is that both the boys are adults. They're eighteen and nineteen yeah. years old. Yeah. And uh, once I realised that, I was like, there shouldn't be any division here. No. These are adults yep. earning a living. In their mum's home, yeah. clean your fucking room. What I think that's what, what I did. When I read it, it was all about perspective, totally. I, I read the first thing and I read the, the opening of the article and thought, oh, this, this is a bit harsh. Like $10 per infringement. Jeez, oh, you know, these kids won't have any money in their money boxes. Yeah. And then I did the same thing and read that they were both grown boys who've got jobs. The daughter's 13. It's a little bit younger. And just went... Why are you hiding plates in the back of your wardrobe from your mother at 19 years old? It almost takes more effort to hide the plate yeah. than it does just to yeah, walk to it out. It the <laughs> so, and, but people's disgust at her doing that. Oh, how dare, how dare yeah. she one, impose one, such, such strict standards? Why, one comment was about how I, I would feel like I'd failed as a parent if I had to um, go to these lengths. Nice helpful comment on the internet. If I had to do that, I failed as a parent. Well, that's useful, but I am in that situation and I need a solution. I I was wondering whether, especially with the boys in the house, both being 18 or over, both out working, has she just not managed to set some kind of um, rent or board 
guidelines with her sons and she's not able to do that. She doesn't feel comfortable. I don't know, maybe she's like, if I set a, a rent on them, these boys are going to leave. And maybe she doesn't mm, want them to leave. And so to. she goes, well, but I still mm. want some money out of them. So now every time I find a plate, they've got to pay me 10 bucks. And perhaps that's perhaps that's part of it. It's mm. just maybe making a bit of money out of them when really they should be paying their way as well yeah. at that age. I guess it is that balance, isn't it? As a parent, you want to you wanna be helping out. You yeah. want to be supporting them. And so they're, they're, they're not um, you know career professionals. They're apprentices from what I gather from the article. So they're not earning big bucks or anything. So, okay, so you don't want to charge them rent or whatever. But clearly, I think she, I mean, she may have been alluded to it that she had let it slip. You know, yeah. that, that life gets busy. Mm-hmm. You, you, in hindsight, perhaps she would have gone, hey, look, when you turn 18, these are the things I'm going to expect that you start doing. No more plates in the water. No more plates in the water. No more chopping boards. Uh, chopping, yeah, moldy <laughs> chopping boards should go in the dishwasher. Uh, little things like that would probably would have been helpful. Um, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Like we have a pretty, we don't have a strict routine in our house for cleaning, but we have Wednesday nights is you got to tidy your room. You got to pack your toys up. You got to do, you know, so that yeah. each week there's that process of, of things that happen. Heidi and I disagree a little bit on details. For instance, I don't really care whether Thomas makes his bed. Yeah. It's not a big deal for me, but cleaning up your toys, um, sorting out his own washing, yeah, all that sort of stuff, that's, they're things that we, yeah. it's a weekly routine. It does make you think though, when they get older, when do you start to do more responsibilities? Like what are the expectations for those teens who are essentially adults, but they're living it, they're still living at home? I've, I've got into becoming a bit of a nag at the moment I've got to say I've got into it I'm really keen on this I've just I've just taken up the first sort of nag milestone I think you know having a 10 year old and you know saying the same thing over and over and over again with little or no result for the next time you know and some of the stuff I find myself nagging about you know really shouldn't be uh, nag worthy, but time constraints said it before. Hmm. Gone through all the what do you need to do with this now? Like, I, you, you know, like, I, it's just that you're 10 years old now, mate. You've just got to do it without, yeah. you know, being told it's not rocket science, you know. And um, the, the loss of things that aren't getting put away properly in the first place, you know, and then getting upset because the new sunglasses got left on the floor and then someone stepped on them kind of thing, you know. When I say new sunglasses, I mean give away with a – give away at a something or other, you know. But <laughs> – no. Well, you know, but, it, but you know, that yeah. kind of thing, you know. Oh, but I really like those sunglasses. Well, yeah. you know, I, I dig this contract. A bit, you know, like you charging him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I no. wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But you know, like it is that. It, I it is that thing that where it's got to that point now, and I sort of see where what this lady's let it slip because you know, like, what's the next step now to actually make sure that independence is coming and looking for those things? I play the uh, I play the find ten things before we leave game. Find ten things yeah. that aren't in the right in the right place. Yeah. Put them in the right place, and then that's ten things you have to do less next time. Um, I like that one. 
<laughs> and that can that can work for any room. Oh well, I've done my room. <laughs> like, and you no, know, you can do my room. <laughs> my my kids are incredible readers and drawers and creators and stuff like that. And you know, so you can walk into our lounge room at any point in time, and there could possibly be four books, six um, sketchbooks, pencils, just you know, left all in all these different places. And it's kind of like his, they're kind of like little pinball machines. They'll walk past and then they'll just pick up the book that was there from two days ago. And it doesn't matter how many times you say, put the book back in your room, it, they still just float back out. So they, they kind of just wander from book to book and pick it up and start reading it. And then off they go again. Oh, come on, mate. Not reading now, but Dad, most parents like their kids to read. Yes, this is true. <laughs> but most parents Already probably don't have it. the volume of books to pick up that I've got to pick up. But I think it's a, there's some sort of balance between um, not neglect of items, but just not thinking about it and just bone idle laziness. Oh. And that's where that's, that situation comes in. I, I remember... A mate of mine, when I was early 20s, um, would uh, go back to his mum's house on the weekend and we'd, we'd all go back with him. And he, his bedroom was upstairs, they hadn't changed. He, he, he didn't live, live there anymore. I was, like, I was disgusted. As a, as a 23-year-old man who didn't have the most amazing cleaning skills myself, our flat was horrendous. But you could not see the carpet in his bedroom. Like, you'd walk in and it was all clothes. There were, like, two suitcases wide open, like they'd exploded. And they were. They were glasses of half-drunk Coke and yeah. plates. And But, I, I'm well, I'm pretty confident that his mum, when he wasn't there, would go in and do a bit of the clean-up for him. Yeah. And so, why do it? So, again, that, that's a parental thing, you know, the balance between it. Um, I think some of the outrage on this particular um, incident with this lady was just, really, as usual with internet commentary, either just really aggressive or really unhelpful. <laughs> or well, what you I only read do, the headline and went to town on yes, the headline on, without uh, reading the With that article. perspective, yeah, and going, well, what you should have done was taught them those skills when they were younger. Oh, well, that's Thank you. useful right now, now they were six years down oh, the line. Look, you can teach them those skills. They're not uh, going to take it. doesn't necessarily mean. <laughs> yeah, They're going to no, voluntarily that, do it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's still hard work. You can teach them the skills. You can tell them to do it. But as like teenage boys are difficult to motivate to do that sort of stuff anyway. It's not, you know, like I, I empathize with her as well as wonder what I'll do at the same point, you know, but, to, to avoid that happening. You know but, what I mean? Does that make sense? But don't you have a crux? A cleaning maintenancey crux. Explain. Well, in, in what sense? Oh, I hate. I absolutely hate mowing the lawn to the point that I will look for any excuse. Ooh, it's, 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 oh, it, it looks like it's, rain. It's, it's no, not even. <laughs> not rain even. on Wednesday. Yeah. No, no. Big, it rained last week, so it's still too wet to, to mow the lawn. Oh, that you've got it, pal. I've got that, Sir Walter grass that just really holds the water in there and 
you've just and it just grows into everything and oh there's I love there's, lawn. there's four different lawns there's like it's not just one big one out the front and one big one out the back there's four little patches of oh yeah, they got four but, different spots and you know what do you know what my 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 street manicured lawns perfect <laughs> beautiful right i was out the front mowing the lawn the other day, the other day right and the guy across the road pulls up in his car and goes to me Hey, Pete, should I take a photo? <laughs> I was like, mate, you get back in your house, pal. <laughs> he knows. He knows you're under pressure. You're on a contract to mow that lawn. No, it's well known amongst like, I don't the really like doing it. There's lots of jobs and I so, don't like doing. But, you know, like, so, what, what, but what, is there one that you just really grinds your gears? That, you know, like, this kid obviously doesn't like cleaning his room. That, that's his crux. He might be excellent at mowing the lawns. I don't, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's just that he's going, oh, I just can't keep this room tidy. If he's hiding stuff in cupboards and wardrobes, there, there's something else going on there as well. Like, that's weird. I mean, I don't understand why you'd be hiding it from your parents when it's going to be found. As you said, it'd be easier to take the plate down. But then, you know, my, my thought with, with it was instead of the the monetary threat, which obviously works for her kids. They're working. They don't want to lose their money. And a lot of kids would be the same. You know, you're earning money. You don't want to be paying that back for, you know, minute little mm. mistakes you've made. But maybe it could be things like teaching them a skill alongside the punishment. Okay. So the next time I find more than three old shirts in your room, you've got to do the washing and hang I'm it out and it bring in. it in. And I'll teach you how to iron it. And I'll, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's a whole load of extra work for the parent. And you're going to get a whole lot more um, complaints mm. from the kid. But I suppose at least you're then teaching them that skill as well. So that they can do that when they go out into the wider world, maybe. Do you like ironing? I don't iron anything. Can I, iron? I use the basis that I live in Australia and it's warm and it, it's just the creases come out. Do you know the what? Creases I, come Can out. I just say, when I, when, I, when I lived back in the UK and... You know, the, sometimes you iron to actually yeah. dry your clothes because the clothes take so long to dry. I loved it. I do. Okay. I love getting a crease out like, of a nice so, shirt. See, oh, yeah, I know you're annoyed that I, I don't I, have I, a job. I, I see. I, I don't mind ironing. I I, I quite like that. Yeah. I find like with. I just, I'm sorry. I just can't let this mowing thing go. <laughs> uh, like I find find nothing satisfying in mowing a lawn. <laughs> You gotta have something that you just get and uh, don't do it. Surely there's something that the Chris, the, the, they get, you get nagged about. The, the, I don't get nagged about. The biggest thing for us is more just the the split of the jobs and this whole balance of is it a blue job or a pink job and a very old fashioned, which we don't. And, we don't have a list. And you better put all the blue jobs before you so start ragging out the pink we, jobs. <laughs> we don't have. A specific list of blue or pink jobs until there's a job that I haven't done and is clearly a blue job that should have been done by me. And then I go, well, hang on a second. Imagine if I just said to you and said, well, hang on a second. That bathroom looks disgusting. The bathroom hasn't been done for weeks. And she says, well, there's 14 bin bags in the laundry that you haven't taken out. I, I, I don't like doing some jobs, but there's no job that I look at and go, oh, God, I've got to do that again. Most things are done pretty quickly. Yeah, well, I don't, don't procrastinate dish- on anything. I don't mind doing oh, the no, dishwasher. No, 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 no. no. Procrastinate on lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one particular thing that I that I hate doing most. What I do hate is when um, 
it has to be done and I've already made plans to do something else. <laughs> that, that, oh, everyone hates that job. That's the bit. <laughs> that's that's the, the bit that I hate most. That's the shitty job when it's oh yeah. <laughs> Um, no, even, even with the sorry, recording. Even with we're recording. That matter. Even with recording, so that we can small little you know. my little mother. I, I love I love the job. I, I I'm one of those people who, who gets pleasure out of seeing those things done. Like a visual aspect of just seeing that nice line of grass. See, the visual aspect of using the the gurney to clean something, mm. clean the the, the the tiles or something. So oh no, you get no, no, that no, 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 no. I see that's fine with me. I'll gurney, right? I. I, people go, oh, I hate painting, painting houses. I'll paint a house. I, I would rather, <laughs> I'd rather paint a house. I'd rather paint a house than mow the lawn. All right, next right. time my house needs painting, yeah. I'll get yeah. you in and I'll mow your I'll lawn. Come, I'll come yeah, I'll mow your lawn. We quit No, oh, I just, just can't do it. I, just, I hate mowing. And at the moment, every two weeks. Yeah. Bloody range. You look outside the next day. She's four days, yeah. Oh, give weeks. me a break. No, I'm loving it. I'm like, oh, sorry, I've got to go. I've got to go out again. Look at it. It's like a jungle out there. Um, fussy eating. Yeah, we can go down the fussy. Do you have a story to start, or I do. I do. I do have. I do have a story to start. All right. When you're ready. Um, I was chatting to a mate of mine who um. I was on the I was on the phone to him, and, and he was um, got his twin daughters, and uh, they had a friend over to play to sleep over, you know. And he said to the said to the mother of the other child, because it was a bit of a rush thing, you know, when kids have play dates or whatever, and they say, "Oh, can we do a sleepover?" And it's just a bit like that. He goes. And he said, I can't, let's just say it was lasagna. He goes, yeah, we're having lasagna, lasagna for dinner. Does your kid eat lasagna? Yep. Eats anything. Right. <laughs> you know that, you know where this is going. Famous last words. Famous last words. Right. And then he gets there and goes, oh, the kid goes, oh yeah, I don't really like meat. I eat meat. Is there meat in it? Yes, there's beef in it. Oh, I rather chicken. Right. <laughs> then, guy, then said mate goes and cooks a bit of chicken, and the child ate it. He said, "Oh, do you want salad, or do you want, you know, making a salad to go with the lasagna kind of thing? Do you want do you eat salad, Julie?" And, and um, oh, I eat, I eat cheese, <laughs> you know. And so, I oh, <laughs> this conversation. Kind of, we he hung up because it got to a point where he's like, "Look, I just got to get this dinner. I'll ring you back, you know." And so I remember when I was a kid, if my if I had a friend come over for dinner or something like that, and my mum cooked and they didn't like something, fussy eater, right? My mum would write them off. (laughs) You'd still be that. She's there's still those conversations. (laughs) Like, oh, do you remember such and such from high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had a baby. Oh. I hope the kid's still as fussy as he is. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Or oh, I didn't need my lasagna that the time. Other, the other one was where he's had at the table. <laughs> That's the other one that comes up. Where he's at? Where he's at at the table? All right, twenty years later, where he's had at the table. Um, so, like, my kids aren't that fussy. Like, we've always just put things in front of them. 
um, there's certainly things that they don't like and there's certainly things that I think to myself, you have the old adage, you haven't really tried it. Yeah. You know, give it a go. And then when they come home and they say, like peanut butter, my boys don't like peanut butter. Lots of people don't like peanut butter. I get it. But then they come home and go, oh, we had peanut butter M&M's. <laughs> well, what's that about? Yeah, it's so, chocolate. You can't, you know. so fussy food. Do you guys have fussy eaters? Do you guys have fussy? No, no, not at all. We are extremely lucky with with Jude. Jude eats everything and eats loads of it. We can't feed him enough. We, we're yet. He's now. He turns five in a couple of weeks, and we have yet to find a food that he won't eat. Wow, eats and fruit, veggies. I've I've never known a kid like it. We. We'll put a plate of dinner down for him of an evening, um, you know, fish and chips, something like that, salad on the side. We'll eat through the entire veggies and salad first. Very rarely we'll go out for dinner, but like sometimes we'll go like for a pub meal, kids, nuggets and chips. We'll eat all the cucumber, tomato, salad first before <laughs> he gets into the chips. I've never known any, and I don't know, it's nothing, I don't think it's anything we've done. You know, we, we're both very good eaters. Amy's an amazing cook. So that helps in, in that sense. But he's he's almost sort of bolder and braver than I am. Um, I'm not a particularly fussy eater, but you probably know of being my friend, I don't eat much in the way of fruit. Anything that ends in airy uh, is out the window for me. Um, so you're the fussy eater. What, in, probably what, in our What's house, made you fussy? I don't know. Like, I think the is fruit it? side of things, you're more likely to eat really nice fruit, I think, if you grow up in Australia. That sounds like a really vague oh, statement. Oh, no, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know what the fruit and veg is like in the yeah, UK. Yeah, nothing, nothing against it, but we just weren't... We didn't have the opportunity to, to have that kind of stuff. I'm fussy on anything that is, like, textural, texturally different. So I, I don't eat um, berries because they've got, like, seeds and pips. Strawberries, to me, taste like you're just eating sand. Um, I don't like oranges because I don't like the rind. The white bit that sits on the outside, that's just way too fiddly and annoying. Mushrooms is probably my least favourite food, again, because of the sliminess. Um, and it was never a massive thing. I, I I also look and go, I'm not a fussy eater. I always think I'm not. <laughs> oh, my mum's the same. My mum doesn't think she's a fussy eater. Yeah. But she is. But, but mushrooms, like, you look at mushrooms and go, well, you don't have it in a lot of stuff. So it's not like, it's not like you, your whole weekly... So if meal I'm, plan if, is out the window. And people someone, say to me all the time, well, you don't eat fruit. I'm like, no. Like, well, what, what do you do when you get like a dessert? Like, you know, if you have to order a dessert when you're out somewhere at a restaurant, <laughs> well, just pick the thing that doesn't have fruit on it. Like, it's not hard, is it? And everyone seems puts it on me that I'm like putting everybody else out. I'm like, well, it's not, it's just, it's just fruit. I'll eat bananas, grapes, sometimes a melon, apples. So yeah, Jude... Going back to children. We're no, very, this very is lucky. way more intriguing. I, want to, I just want to start naming foods and go, yes or no. All right. I can't believe we've never had this conversation. So another one that people always get at me for is meat. Like on the, if you have to eat it off the bone. So like spare ribs or like drumsticks. Can't handle it. This just, I don't like the texture of biting down yeah. onto the bone. That freaks me out a little bit. And just, it's too picky. Like a drumstick. Do you like chicken drumsticks? Love them. Do you? Love them. It's all gristling crap and... Wings. Do you know what? I didn't have have KFC 
Not that this is a bad thing. I didn't have a KFC until I was about 26 because I was just like, well, it's chicken wings, isn't it? Yeah. Chicken wings and drumsticks. And then my mates were like, well, no, you just get chicken strips. I'm like, what do you mean chicken strips? They're like, it's just chicken in crumbed <laughs> batter. My life has changed. I had, chicken, I had KFC every night that week, I think. <laughs> Opened up your world. Oh, oh, yeah. you so just mean. wonderful. What about food. avocado? No, I like avocado. You like avocado? Yeah. See, I think that's slimy. It, yeah, but oh, hang on. Not there's, there's, oh, there's a caveat no, here. There, there's a lot. Of, no, not a caveat. It's just it is to a point, but it's got a bit. Of, it's got a bit of bite to it, which are soda mushrooms, I suppose. So it's not really. I don't actually like the flavour of mushrooms. So then my mum, my mum was really good with it. Again, my mum's a wonderful cook, and cooked lots for us. And the attitude at home was, you eat it. And so most things. I remember one day when I was a kid. And I would have been seven or eight. And I sat at the dinner table after a Sunday lunch for about two and a half hours after everybody had left the table. And I wasn't allowed to leave the table because I wouldn't eat my rhubarb and custard. Because rhubarb as well. What the hell is that? That's just... That's, that's a, like straight... That's just that's like celery a, in fruit old form. English dessert. Rhubarb and custard. Yeah. Rhubarb that's and celery in, in, in fruit form. Which is celery <laughs> shit as well. So... I, but that was the rule in our house, and I ended up eating it. So and my mum would then say to me, my mum would actually say, oh, we're having spaghetti bolognese for dinner tonight. Oh, yes. Oh, I've put mushrooms in it. So she'd add this little... <laughs> I'm like, oh, what for? She's like, well, you won't taste them. So I said, why did you put them in there? Because they add flavour. I'm like, that's just an absolute <laughs> nonsense statement. You've just got... You're a hypocrite, mother. Which one of those things is a lie? <laughs> exactly. I, was, I used to get so furious about it, but... I'd eat it. And if I go to someone's place and they've cooked something and there's mushrooms in it, as long as they're not huge, I can get away with it. If it's in a in a chili or a spag bol, there's enough other stuff that you can mix in. You can take small mouthfuls and, and, and not freak out too much. But sometimes, you know, I remember going to a mate's house. Another is another story. <laughs> a mate's house when I was probably about 18 or 19. We, we went back we picked to his, the scab. his dad's house. From, a, from uni for the weekend and this dad's like oh, I've made burgers I was like sweet and he goes but they're kind of like an open burger it's a bit like an open sandwich I was like okay fine so we got there and it was a burger um, on top of the top of the bun so the top of the bun was upside down so the dome of the bun was sitting on the plate upside down and then the burger was on top of it and I was like this is totally weird but hey ho whatever cut into it massive cut into it ate it it wasn't a bun. It was a massive mushroom <laughs> sitting upside down underneath of it. And I just went, how am I going to do this? I was in the States once. I went to the States when I was in school. And I was in a homestay. And the family were just wonderful. And I woke up one morning, they were cooking pancakes. And I could smell them. And I was like, this is amazing. You're in America. Getting pancakes, pancakes for breakfast. We didn't do it a lot in Wales. There's a real American experience, pancakes for breakfast. I went down, they put pancakes on my plate. I was like, yes. The mum walked over with this bowl and just scooped the biggest load of blueberries all over my pancakes. And I was in the same boat. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I ended up like eating the pancakes with the blueberry juice all over them and leaving the majority of the blueberries. Because I've got that awkwardness as well of not just mm. wanting to say to someone, Hold the blueberries. Are you doing? Like, I can't tell someone I don't want it, but then I have to just battle through it. So if there's any other food you want to ask about, I'm sure we could make another a whole segment out of this. But let's ask Chris. <laughs> oh, Chris. I like this new segment. 
weekly, weekly segment. segment. Food uh. Simon doesn't eat. <laughs> and yet I classify myself as not a fast <laughs> eater. Uh, um, Thomas is a pretty good eater. We didn't think he was going to be when he was like early on. We thought he was going to end up being really fussy. Um, but we made a pretty, um, what do you call it, conscious effort. As soon as he was able to, he just eats what we eat. So whatever yeah. we don't, we've never gone down the separate meal yeah, okay. sort of thing. We've always done. This is what we're having for dinner, and you're having the same thing. Quantity might change, mm. yeah. ratios of what served up might yeah. change, but if we're having this, you're having that too. And yeah. and um, Heidi's been really good at getting him to you know introducing him to new food too so we're really lucky but we did put effort into that we can pretty much go to any restaurant yeah and he'll be able to find something yeah that, that he's happy with um so yeah so that's we've been really really fortunate but it was interesting when, when he was born we watched a documentary on fussy eaters and there was this doctor who was like don't worry if your kid's fussy just let him eat yeah and but the things that they were letting the kids eat, I just I just couldn't get my head over, like this kid who would only eat nuggets and chips. And so the parents were just buying them nuggets and chips for every meal. Mm. And this doctor's theory was one day <laughs> they'll get out, they'll grow out of it, they'll eat new stuff. But... If they, like, if they survive, if that they long. survive, yeah. yeah. And I just, oh, that just didn't sit well. Like, yeah. and I kind of, I kind of get that, you know, oh, maybe you, you can be too tough, you know, and 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 all right. So their their range of foods will grow as they get older, but there's also a limit to what you can accept. Like it was sort of, yeah, I, that just never sat well with me. Just the no, 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 just feed them whatever they're going to eat, and that's it. Yeah, I've I've heard that one. That one too, but I, I'm just of the mind that if you just keep giving it to them, mm. one day they'll break. One day they'll have to eat because they'll <laughs> yeah. eat yeah. You it's know a, what you're having it again well, tonight. Well, that's it. Uh, like, a do- like when we went and had our puppy train, the puppy train was like, "Don't change foods. Your dog's not fussy. A dog is ne- if a dog gets fed, it will never die of starving. Yeah, you know, it'll never die of starvation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like. Sounds about right for kids too, you know. Like <laughs> at some point, they're going to get so hungry that they're going to have to turn and yeah. eat. Maybe. <laughs> but, but I think you do. Amy mentioned um, a few weeks ago that she'd read some Facebook post in which there were all these hilarious responses. Some mum would put up that she'd had a really difficult afternoon with her kid and they'd refuse to eat. Um, and I think that as well, like the, the, the complete refusal to eat certain things, we've never we've never had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so. I think we count ourselves lucky and we don't know the other side of it. Yeah. Um, we've got, mm. we've got experience. We've got, um, you know, friends of ours whose children are quite fussy eaters and it's very, very awkward. And we can see the difficulty that they go through and the worry that they go through in terms of their children's health. You know, I know you were saying about having those nuggets and chicks out and over, over and over again. You know, there are concerns over the health of that child. Yes. Eventually they might get to 18 and 19 and go, Oh look, I'm actually going to have mm. a Caesar salad for lunch yeah. and all of a sudden start eating greens. But they're 18 by that point. Their insides can't be no. looking good no. or acting or responding very well. And again, it, it, it lead, it's led us into the conversation of how awkward is that going to be as you move forward into situations like going to friend's house for sleepovers, going on school camp. You know, as an experience we've all had as teachers, 
with some of those students who are quite fussy, yep. oh. you know, and we're looking going, well, they're going to find that very, very difficult. But, you know, Amy was saying some of these stories that, again, it comes down to a little bit what we talked about with the mum in the, in the initial conversation we had about the cleaning thing. Sometimes you're just exhausted and you're tired and you just go, do you know what? Just eat. Let's have nuggets and chips. Let's have nuggets and chips. But yep. this story was saying things like, my child ate three Doritos and a cheese slice <laughs> for dinner tonight. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's pushing the boundaries of... You know what I am jealous of, though, is that Jude will eat everything and eat it quickly. Yep. Because our biggest issue at dinner time is not the food, it's just how freaking long <laughs> it takes to eat it. We, Did, go to, we go to a restaurant and yeah. he gets spaghetti bolognese or whatever he's going to have, smashed. Gone in no time. Yeah. Sit at the dinner table at home. Oh my god. <laughs> do you guys so you do you guys have dinner together every night? Yes. Yeah. Have done have you always done that as well or pretty much. Yeah. yeah. See we we're sort of at the point where Jude's probably bedtime wise is getting a bit later, so he can stay. For us it's always been Jude's eating, shower, bed, yeah. and then we have dinner afterwards. Yeah. Um but he's really enjoying the experience of sitting down at the table with us. Um and again, although, you know, I am talking from an experience of being very lucky with his food, he's, you can see the, the improvement again. Sometimes dinners do take a long time with him, um, especially if he's distracted or he's telling a story mm. or there's music on, he wants to sing the song. And, but that's fine with me, as I said, if he goes, as long as he gets to the end of his food and it's not 10 o'clock, then we're all good. But, but we, can't, we can't feed him enough at the moment. He'll, he'll have a, a, almost a full dinner of, you know, veggies and... Lasagna. Lasagna is his favourite food. He classifies lasagna, sushi and pizza as his three favourite meals. And then he'll sit down and he'll be in front of the TV before before bed, you know, and, and go, can I have something to eat? <laughs> what do you want? Well, can I have like, sushi? cheese and crackers or like mm. an apple or something? And you go, well, yeah, I suppose Brain it's an apple. a really interesting one. Would sushi have been on any of your favourite lists? As no, never. but sushi is such a high one these mm. days. I wouldn't have had, I don't think I had sushi much before June experience sushi mm. to be honest but you, do you eat sushi now yes I thought, I thought the seaweed texture mm. might uh, <laughs> I actually thought the seaweed texture might uh, freak your tiny little brain out you know um, not that long ago it must have been two weeks ago um, my youngest eight years old made two consecutive meals solo wow right cut cooked everything not like didn't, we didn't do one thing Right. So just following a recipe? No. Just made just it? Just cooked spaghetti bolognese one night. Just knew, got zucchini, got the onions, was, got was, the... Was it edible? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. that. Yeah, yeah. And then the next morning, I was in a bit of a hurry. I was like, Marley, can you just make me some breakfast? What do you want? Uh, I don't know. Do you want scrambled eggs? Yep, bang. Loads of scrambled eggs. I'm in a bit, I'm in a bit, nine, of, nine I'm years in a bit of a rush. Right. So uh, you'd think, you... we'll just have like an apple. What do you want? Well, I was thinking maybe scrambled eggs, maybe a bit of smoked salmon. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're not really in a rush, are you? <laughs> and do you know what the other thing that we've been doing is there's a particular company that sends food in a box. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? We got one of those free boxes. Yeah. And um, the instructions are that good in there. And there's no waste. Like, it's, it's kind of expensive. But when you look at it, we get... To, we get so if you, you buy a box of three meals, and then you've got enough for lunch the next day for two adults. So yeah. when you start stretching it out like that, and 
the kids have not turned their nose up at one thing. They love it. So we, we're kind of just doing it every two or three weeks now just to bring something new into the yeah. into the, is, into and, the mix. And you get those cards that have the recipes on them, yeah. which you keep the cards and yeah. you go, well, we can make that ourselves but all the time. And I don't, The boys can do it themselves. Yeah, yeah it's like, good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, like... It's kind of, maybe we should just do it again next week, but we don't. We don't. We you know every. So we have three in a week. We'll have three of those meals. They take about half an hour to make. It's all fresh. There's no waste. It all gets eaten. And the kids, and the kids and the are doing kids, it all. And and no, no, the kids aren't doing it. Doing it all. You're lying back on the lounge going, "Geez, that was a good spaghetti bolognese. Will you move these frigging books?" <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and by the way, can you get those dishes done pronto? <laughs> It's in the it's part of the contract. Simon, what's on your playlist? Um, so I've got a podcast, um, but it's kind of an interesting one because um, it's a BBC podcast, so uh, you can't actually access it in Australia. <laughs> so apologies to anyone in Australia who okay. listens oh, to our podcast. There's got to be a way or a means, surely. Well, the way I access it is through my dad. As you know, dad and I have a um, great affinity for music, and we share as much music stuff as we can. Um, and this is a music podcast. It's called Blood on the Tracks. Um, um, that's a Bob Dylan album. It is a Bob Dylan album. So obviously we're in a music show. The idea of Blood on the Tracks is because people are pouring their heart out about music that they love. Now, when I first got the idea, I was like, okay, you've got four celebrities or four well-known people, quite often musicians, in a, in a room with the presenter. Um, and you think, okay, well, they're just going to talk about their favorite album or their favorite song or things like that. But he switches it up, and so all the questions are very different. So you got things like, and I, I really wish I could remember so many of the good ones, but I found a couple of examples. So, if Elvis had lived, what song do you wish he'd be he would cover? Oh. What song would you like Elvis to cover if he was around now? Questions like, um, if you could be in row A, row A, seat fifteen for any gig in history, what would you pick? Um, who are music's greatest siblings? Uh, what's the best song containing a day of the week? And so they go around the table on these topics and everybody picks a song. And so you get this massive range yeah, right. of music. Um, people taking, again, talk about perspective, people taking the question in a huge amount of different ways. You know, some of them are just things like, what's the best female vocal you know in a song? Mm. The best female vocal. And you've mm. got people picking Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and you've got people picking Beyonce because that's mm-hmm. their generation. And so the generation of the guests has an impact as well. He does a round, um, which is where the guest gives them their phone or their iPod, if it's still available, and he just hits shuffle. Yeah, And right. the first thing that plays, you have to talk through it and explain <laughs> why, why it's on there. Um, that's cool. And it goes through like a bit of a competition. He eventually picks the person he thinks has chosen the best music or the most yeah. varied music and they get to play the, the, the show out with a song of their choice yeah. but it's a really different take mm. on on listening to music and it gets you thinking heaps you know I, I often as soon as the question comes up 
I'll pause the podcast. A dad sends it to me on a USB. He'll get like 15 episodes in a go and right. send a USB over to me. And when the question is asked, I'll often pause and give myself, you know, 20 minutes. Two hours. To, yeah, well, even to, to think, what song would I pick then? And then go back and listen and go, shit, I should have picked that one. The first person picks a song. Well, why the hell did I not pick Stevie Wonder for that or whatever? But um, yeah, if, if you can access it somehow through a, a different podcast way. BBC. It's a BBC podcast, Blood on the Tracks, tracks. presented by Colin Murray. Well worth your time if you're into music. This is kind of off topic, but I often use Blood on the Tracks as an example for my students because Blood on the Tracks is one of the um, Dylan albums. I think think he released this after his divorce and it's like this outpouring of emotion and it's when it came out, it was people thought it was just Dylan, um, uh, just raw, this raw emotion. Yeah. Um, and the the rumor was is that they went into the recording studio and recorded it in a few days and it was done. It was like one take, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And here it is, this raw thing. And I can't remember how the the notebook got released, whether Dylan released it later or someone found it and released it. But there's this series of notebooks that he's written when he's been writing the lyrics and the songs for Blood on the Tracks. And it's hundreds and hundreds of pages with every line crossed out changed every 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 song yeah. edited and to me it's always this example of you you think genius is just snap yeah and, oh they're so good they're so talented let's do it and here's bob dylan like nobel laureate hmm. <laughs> the, the supposed rawest um material that he's ever released but it was painstakingly thought through. Edited and edited and, yeah. and redone and scrapped and yeah so that's, that's always a message for kids definitely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete, what's on your playlist? Uh, so I guess I've you know, always said to you guys that I love stand-up comedy and listening to stand-up comedy as much as you guys would listen to music. And um, what I found out was that um, on Apple Music, if you're a student, because I'm a student, <laughs> you get it for like $6 a month. But it's not as good as other things. <laughs> As, as other as other carriers, you know, so you kind of got to pick and choose what you're listening to. So I've pretty much gone through uh, over the last since say October, November last year. I've pretty much gone through and listened to nearly every stand-up comedian since prior, yeah, Richard right. Pryor, that I can find because they don't just have a category on there saying stand-up comedy. Um, and it's really interesting. It's been really interesting for me just listening to uh, the word smithery, I guess you would say, um, about how uh, there's some that are really rehearsed, really refined, come out, and you can tell they've done it a thousand times, and then you listen to a couple of different albums that they have, and uh, you hear the same jokes and the same threads coming through and how they refine it as time goes on and things like that. Um, so, and then there's, and it just is completely obvious to me that I much prefer UK comedians than Americans. I already knew that, but um, there's just a great thing there. And there's, and I've seen lots of them on those different talky show kind yeah. of things, right? Yeah. So I've actually gone in. There's one American stand-up comedian that I just think is sensational. So oh, he's my... He's mine, and it's Gary Goleman, G-U-L-M-A-N. And 
you would have seen him on lots of um, memes or things that he says in memes and you go, that's pretty funny. His delivery is amazing. He's slow. He's purposeful uh, about how he, how, he, how he delivers his punchlines and his jokes. Uh, there's threads that come back through regularly, so it's weaved through. Um, and so Gary Gorman's my pick, but there's about there's two others. Can I sneak them in as well? Yep. Uh, Danny Boy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, John Bishop. Yeah, John, John Bishop, yeah, he's from Liverpool. Uh, I'll just put Danny Boy out there. I'm not going to go any further than him. Uh, John Bishop's a father of three boys. He's, he was pretty working class. And um, he just talks about how his rise to fame took a long time, but when it got there, it went really fast and how his family has adjusted to it. And he just tells some hilarious stories like... Yeah, because he'd be... He was about mid-40s, I think, when it yeah. ran. Early yeah. 40s, mid-40s, when it, when it sort of hit. And it was, it was just local man off the street, probably just telling... There's a lot of people probably do, but just jokes in the pub. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just found a niche. He was the comedian at the time when he blew up in the UK. Yeah. yeah. And, if you, and if you listen to him, he tells a great story about the time he was on Top Gear. <laughs> and uh, like they're, they're, they're just good storytellers. You know what I mean? So, and, and then you listen to some other people who I think are quite funny on those talk show kind of things. But, uh, but their stand-up is pretty much improvised. Holus bolus, they go up there and it's just talking to the crowd and coming up with stuff and then just weaving through to try and string some stories together. And it's, I, I guess when you're when you when you're just listening to them, just their voices, and you don't have the visuals, it's just it just it's you know there's some people that can, you can imagine what they're doing and what yeah. they're saying, but it's the words that have the power, mm. not the body language. Mm. So my my three are John Bishop, Gary Goldman. And Danny Boy, and a fourth cheeky one to be Rod Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's Welsh. You can sneak him in. What about you, Chris? Playlist? Uh, I'm actually wearing my brand new Dora Jackson merch. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, we should get a photo of it for for the, for the fans. <laughs> uh, Dora Jackson has a new track coming out on March the sixth. So this isn't a what's on my playlist now. This is what's going to be on my playlist. In about a week, yeah, <laughs> right. uh, and I, I know that we'll um, that we'll have that track. Excellent, too. So, yeah, can't wait for that one. Fantastic. Um, that's it. That's us. Cool. Awesome. Hey, if you've made it this far, then you are one of the people we're doing this for. If you like what we're doing, is there one other person who you think would enjoy the podcast too? We would love it if you recommended what we're doing to them. We love that you're listening. We'll see you next time. Take me away.